big beat manifesto goes, big beats are the best, get high all the time. Right. At the time, it felt like a much more all-encompassing philosophy. I thought you were a business brain, Mark, but you're better than that. You're what my grandma would call a real piece of shit. Yeah? It's a great plan. Hans is the star, Jeremy's the second stringer. Let's fuck him. That's our dick. That's Jeremy's asshole. We're fucking him. Hey everybody, welcome to the L Dude Brothers podcast, episode 36, Mark's Women and Sophie's Peep Show. I'm Laura, and I'm pretty sure I heard something about this on the internet. Yeah, and I'm... Sh I'm... <laughs> fuck. I'm Sean, and yes, there is a massive conspiracy about this podcast on the internet. <laughs> How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, besides for your stomach... Uh, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. I haven't really been up to much other than just taking painkillers and laying around. But yeah, I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, I already know the answer to this question, but I'm just going to go ahead and ask it. Have you been watching any of the Winter Olympics? I haven't, no. I do know that we won something because my husband oh. said, oh, we finally won something. But that's all I know. Oh, you have won four somethings so far. You have won a gold and a bronze in skeleton, which is... Um, sledding face first. You also won a bronze in women's slope style, which is like uh, downhill skiing with like half pipes and ramps and rails and stuff like that. And I can't remember what the fourth one is. Uh, okay, so but all I knew was that we'd won a bronze in something, but we've clearly won more since I had that conversation. So yeah, go, yeah. go Team GB. <laughs> Do you know what team this uh, year's Team GB has done that no other Team GB has done in history? No, I don't. They wanted a medal in an event that involved skis. Oh, okay. I mean, it makes sense that we wouldn't be very good at that because it's not. there aren't a lot of mountains and not a lot of snow. So that's pretty good going, I would imagine. Yeah, I was like, uh, go Team GB, <laughs> way to win the, uh, the slope style. Yeah. yeah. How are the Americans doing? Are you still smashing it? Um... No, Norway is smashing it. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, it's not a shock, is it? Yeah. Uh, America's doing okay. Our curling team fucking sucks. Both our men and our women's curling team is just, like, I was watching our men's team the other day, and I'm not a curling expert. I'm not trying to pretend that I know the intimate details of the sport of curling, but I was just watching our skip, and I was like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, you are making no sense to me. So... Hmm. Anyways, I don't want to go on and on about curling because I could. <laughs> you could go on for days about curling. Yeah, my wife and I are going to go curling on March 3rd. There's a place here that'll do introductory lessons for 25 bucks. Wow, that sounds so. good. That's funny enough, we've just had a new ice rink has opened up here. And um, I'm going to take, when I'm in better health, I'm going to take my eldest daughter ice skating. Because I think maybe this might be her sport. I've decided I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage her to be a tiny ice skater. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're going to turn your daughter into a, a, a tiny Tanya Harding? Yeah, I think that... Uh, oh, wait, no, no, wait, no, 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 Nancy Kerrigan, Nancy I was, Kerrigan. Okay, I, was, we, I would go for Jane Tourville. She's the only female ice skater I know, but I figure she's got to make her fortune somehow for us, and this is going to be how it happens. She's not watched Frozen <laughs> that many times for nothing. Yeah, well, uh, she's, what, five? Uh, nearly four. 
Oh, nearly four. Okay, yeah, this is the perfect age to start her at ice skating. Exactly. She'll be, doing... she'll be, she's ripe for it, I think, at this point. And if I start her now, she won't really remember a time when she wasn't ice skating. So I'll just be one of those, like, show business mums standing at the side, like, egging her on, and she'll make all the money, and I can retire. Yeah. <laughs> you will have to learn the difference between a Sal Cowell Lutz uh, flip and an axle, though. Yeah. Um, Do you think you can handle that? I reckon I'll probably be able to handle that. Okay. All right. Well, good luck. <laughs> so how do you feel about this episode going in? Um, I honestly really didn't remember this episode. Um, well, let me rephrase. I remembered parts of this episode, but I didn't really remember much of it. Right. Okay. Yeah. I was similar. Uh, rewatching it, I sort of was like, oh yeah, that happened. And that, I sort of, I remembered all the inv- individual components, but I had forgotten they were all together. Um, and I thought it was fairly middle of the road which is reflected in my this will give you a clue for when you later guess where it is but that's reflected in my rating of it for where it is in my top my numbers of peep show episodes but it's a good episode but it's not a fabulous episode yeah i agree wholeheartedly um i i will uh save this for when we get to the end but well i guess i'll just say it now i really feel like they we could have cut out pretty much everything with Jeremy. Yeah, or they could have made a different episode that had that storyline, which I think is quite funny, and developed it further with Jeremy. Yeah. 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 Um, I understand why they had to have Jeremy's part of the storyline. Um, but yeah, whatever. It was a it was okay. Yeah. Mark's storyline is great, Jeremy's is just kind of Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, also just once again for people, we did incorporate Sophie's peep show into this review. So when we are talking about the episodes, we will, um, or when we're talking about the scenes, I should say that involve Sophie's peep show, we will also talk about like Sophie thought this, Sophie thinks to herself, yada, yada, yada. I actually, um, I had seen Sophie's peep show before because it was an extra on the series five DVD, but I actually laughed a lot more at this than I did at the rest of the episode. I'd forgotten how good Sophie's Peep Show was. Yeah, I really enjoyed Sophie's Peep Show and it's really a shame that we don't get more of these because it really, it does kind of paint Sophie in a negative light as just somebody who's baby crazy, but it also was an interesting insight to her character that you don't normally see. Yeah, I think I actually ended up liking Sophie more after hearing her thoughts, even though her thoughts are a bit balmy, because it made her three-dimensional in a way you don't normally get to see her be three-dimensional. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was great to kind of see, you know, this different bit of Sophie where, you know, we're hearing her thoughts and concerns, her inner desires, what makes her tick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so we kind of just jump right into the episode. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. Before we jump into the episode, is there anything else that you wanted to discuss in general um i'll tell you yeah. what i've got a couple of things but should we leave it to the end should we talk about it and then we can yeah we can mention anything else later yep oh uh, yeah that's yeah, fine cool. that's fine yep okay so this episode just kind of kicks right off and mark is really happy because he's finally been promoted he says finally all the backbiting ass kissing and credit stealing is paid off goodbye mark corrigan credit manager hello mark corrigan senior credit manager (laughs) i love that i love how happy he is about such a small uh promotion 
I also really enjoyed the detail in this scene. I was watching the sort of background and I enjoy A, how shitty that hallway looks and how depressing that block of flats is. And also I liked the details of like when he went in the flat, the radiator was just piled high with letters where they obviously hadn't sorted out their mail for ages. And that really made me laugh. And I don't know if you have the same thing, but we... Uh, we've had to buy a box, like an ornamental box, to put our letters in because we had so much post that we just weren't doing anything with. So we've got a similar situation, but it now is in a pretty box rather than just on a radiator. Yeah, my wife and I have a little, um, like, metal kind of shelf. Mm. Yes, a little metal storage shelf that we keep all of our post on and... Uh, I try to get through it, but god damn it, I just don't have time to read no, it. No, there's a lot of shit comes through the door. Um, but I thought that was a nice detail that they bothered to include there. <laughs> yeah. Um, as Mark walks into her flat, or his, to her flat, to his flat, um, we hear Sophie's, this is kind of the first time we get to hear Sophie's inner voice, and she thinks, oh shit, massive pang of guilt. Maybe what I did wasn't okay. Uh, and yeah. At the same time, Mark is thinking, what is she doing here? Broken glass in the Muselli? Pesto in the hard drive? Uh, yeah, Sophie's looking pretty out of it. Mark asks if she's okay. And she says that she came over to give him the annulment papers. Um, and she smoked a couple of joints with Jez while she was waiting. So that's why she looks so out of it. Yeah. Um, one question I have for you. Does uh, Since we really kind of figure out early on that she and jeremy hooked up does incorporating sophie's peep show into the actual episode make change the episode at all for you or is it um was it more surprising the first time you watch it when you're like oh my god sophie and jeremy hooked up or did it make the episode different for you knowing that they hooked so up? i was I don't know, does that question yeah no, i know what you mean i was trying to think about this because i was trying to remember when i first watched it and if i was surprised and i think i was surprised that they'd got together um I don't think I, I don't think it took me as long to get to it as when she when Jeremy admitted to Mark, spoilers ahead, that he'd slept with Sophie. But I don't think I realised straight off the bat. So obviously watching it with new eyes and knowing that they've slept together at this point does change how you respond to the characters. But no, the first time I watched it I don't think I realised. Did you? Uh no, not at all. I just thought that uh Sophie was just high as shit. Yeah, me too. Um, as she's handing Mark the annulment papers, she's also thinking to herself, um, I've got to stop getting so stoned so much though. Uh, Jesus. Sophie thinks I've got to stop getting stoned so much though. It is kind of brilliant. And then she just kind of tells Mark, like kind of candidly, Hey, I'm smoking again, which we already knew because we saw her smoking dope with Jeff at JLB. Um, and then she also thinks to herself, I'll just going to finish off this little bit of hash I have left and then that's it forever. Yeah, I assume she says I'm smoking again because somehow in the middle of season five, she's meant to have cleaned up her act. So I guess she was a mess at the beginning because of the in. But then maybe she's meant to have sort of, you know, sorted her life out a bit here. She clearly hasn't sorted her life out a bit, but she does look a bit more <laughs> together, doesn't she, than she did at the beginning of this series. Oh, this is this is some of the happiest that I've been with Sophie. Just like she looks happy, she looks like you know healthy. She's not, you know, laying on a bathroom floor puking. Exactly. And... Yeah, she's in a better place. Yeah. Um, Mark says that 
you know, he'll take a look at the annulment papers, he'll sign them, and then, you know, well, thanks, I'll see you soon. And then Sophie's like, oh, great, I can't wait to come over again so I can smoke some more weed with Jez. <laughs> Mark is freaked out that Sophie's being so nice to him. Um, she th- he thinks no sarcastic put down, no casual kicking the balls. And he realises, just as he thinks this, that, oh, it's because she's been smoking drugs. And he thinks, good old drugs. Um, and is sort of pleased that she's been nice to him, I think. Yeah. Uh, one other thing that I should also mention is that a lot of times Sophie and Mark's internal monologues are happening at the exact same time. Um, but obviously you're just seeing it from different perspectives. So it, it may be a little confusing, but we'll try to do our best to get you through yeah. it um so mark walks into the living room and jez is there looking sad he is sitting on the sofa he's got a can of lager open and he just looks upset i think yeah do you think upset out of it sad <laughs> he doesn't look right does he doesn't look himself no the first time i watched it i just assumed that he was like really really fucked up and just unable to you know function in a normal environment yeah um, Mark tells Jeremy that this is like his best day ever. The war with Sophie is over and he's been given a promotion and he has his own bloody office. Um, as he is kind of staring at Jeremy, Mark thinks to himself, ouch, the ghost at the feast better take the mustard off. So then he immediately just goes and he tries to downplay his day. And he says, well, I mean, you know, lunch wasn't all that great just a baked potato again and then he just kind of starts talking about how shitty his lunch was yeah he realizes at this point that something's not right with jeremy so he asks him if he's okay and jeremy just says he's been doing a lot of thinking lately and mark just immediately looks like please don't carry on with this conversation he's clearly very uncomfortable <laughs> and jeremy says that he's been thinking about it and why does he even do half of the stupid shit he does maybe he's a knobhead and and he's he says you know Maybe I'm not in that 1% of people that's going to make it really big. Maybe I'm in the 99% of people that are talentless and they're misguided. And obviously now, once we know that he slept with Sophie, it makes sense that he would be doing this thinking. But Mark obviously doesn't know that and he's trying to buoy him up. So he says, no, don't be silly. You're not a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, that's the last thing you are. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, this is probably the most introspective we ever see, Jez. This is probably the most realistic we ever see him being about himself. Yeah, it's really funny. You know, knowing the twist at the end and just seeing how Jeremy just really does not want to be interacting with Mark right here, but Mark is just completely unaware of it is really, really fucking funny. Yeah. Um, in the next scene, we have Jeremy and Superhands and they're busking on the street corner for money. Um it was kind of a short scene. Superhands asks if he wants to play another song. Jeremy wants to wait until these kids have left. And then we see three kids like leaning against a rail, like laughing at him. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy's got his bongos under his arm and hands is on guitar. So you can only imagine what kind of music they've been playing with those two instruments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They look across the street and they see the new wellness center and they say another one's talking to the freaks who tried to push their personality tests. Hans just kind of mentions that he thinks it'd be funny to go in there and fuck with them during their tests, and they decide to do it because it also might be warm in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, you've written in your notes, what do I know about Scientology? Uh, the answer is not a huge amount. Do you know loads about Scientology? I wouldn't say I know loads, but um, I know enough about Scientology because I don't know how popular it is over in your area, but um, over here it's been 
quite popular for a while. Yeah, it never really made so. it big over here. Like, it has its fans, but it's seen, I think, more as like a weird American thing. I know that it's got something to do with aliens, that you have to achieve like a higher level that I think you can buy your way up to the top of. I know that it was started by a science fiction writer who was called Elron Hubbard. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Give me just a give me thirty seconds here, and I will give you the the skin. Yeah, go okay? on. T- tell me all you know. Okay, so Scientology was developed in 1954 by sci-fi author L. Ron Hubbard. Um, he wrote a book called Dianetics, and it was weird because, I mean, he literally just decided to start a religion. Um, they believe that 75 million years ago there was a galactic federation of planets that was controlled by the evil Lord Xenu. In order to combat overpopulation of his planets, he froze all of the aliens and delivered them to Earth via spaceships. Once they, once they arrived on Earth, they were dumped into volcanoes in Hawaii, where they were all ki- subsequently killed. The souls of the aliens tried to leave Earth's atmosphere, but Xenu had installed machines that basically sucked all the spirits up in like a giant vacuum cleaner. Right. They were then housed in a, like a central area, and they were brainwashed to become evil. And then he released, then Xenu released the Thetans, the, at this point they're called Thetans, the Thetans back onto Earth. Um, at this point, man had started to kind of develop, and so the Thetans would inhabit humans' bodies, and any bad thoughts, any bad feelings, any health issues, like your ulcer, for example, mm-hmm. are all caused by Thetans. Uh. And you can, um, the only way that you can really release your negative Thetans is through auditing, which is kind of the process that Jeremy is going to go through in this next scene where there's a lot of counseling and, you know, there's a lot of like real digging. Um, Scientology is a very money-based religion. So the more money you spend, the higher levels that you can get up to like Tom Cruise. Yeah, I was going to say, I knew that because I knew that Tom Cruise and like Kirstie Alley, she's one as well, isn't she? They've bought their way to the top of it. So they're like, master scientologists yeah so that is essentially um scientology in a handbag they also are very um protective of the brand of scientology and they are really quick to litigate so they will just like they will just like sue anybody i believe they sued um some uh british person who was like no, this isn't really a religion, and so they sued him, oh. and then they based then that person was just like, eh, you know what? I'm just gonna drop this. You guys are a religion. <laughs> you could be a religion if you want to be. The um, only other thing yeah. I know about them is that they the women are encouraged to give birth silently. I know that apparently I remember reading about this when <laughs> when Katie Holmes was pregnant with Tom Cruise's child. Apparently, they believe that any noise that the baby hears during labor is gonna like be one of those whatever you said the thing that the things that make you ill or make you unwell it's going to pass that on to the baby so the mothers have to give birth silently which is just nuts i don't even know how you do it oh my god yeah i'm i'm reading about this right now the silent birth became an object of media interest when it was known that un- outspoken scientologist actor tom cruise and katie holmes who converted to scientology were expecting a child reports that the couple would follow the practice of silent birth were denied yeah, weird one. Yeah. Ooh, mm. This is weird. But yeah, there's like a lot of crazy stuff with Scientology. They, um, like when people start to kind of start questioning Scientology, 
um, they're taken to, they can be taken to like fucking camp. Like this is going to sound crazy, but they can be taken to like camps out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, right. And then they're just kind of like tortured until they start believing in Scientology again. Oh yeah. Allegedly. Of course, what's going to make you believe in Scientology more than torture? Yeah. Allegedly. I mean, again, this is all alleged. Mm. So, you know, Scientologists, please don't. They still us. You know, they've got no money. Don't, don't litigate us. <laughs> I I can't really give you the money that our Patreon subscribers give us. Um, but yeah, but please don't sue us. <laughs> please. Um, yeah, so that's what, well, even though it's never explicitly said that they're Scientologists, this is what we believe that Jeremy and Hans are going to get themselves tested for now. Oh, yeah. Um, so... In this next scene is really, really goddamn funny and play through or talk through a little yeah, bit of yeah. the scene. So we have a character whose name is never said in the actual episode, but in the script book, he has a name and his name is Edwin. Yep. And he's just sitting in front of Jeremy and he's wearing like a suit and tie and he just starts telling Jeremy that, you know, they just want to ask him some questions to see, um, you know, how he's being prevented from unlocking his true potential. And Jeremy says he's going to freak out this guy. <laughs> And that in the end, Jeremy will be the one um, being worshipped. Yeah, and this guy is like the nicest man in the world, isn't he? He's really clean cut, he's polite, he's really kind to Jeremy. Like, there's nothing... Like, he's sort of almost sinister in how pleasant he is. Yeah. Um, And so we're going to just play through the actual auditing part where he starts to ask Jeremy a series of questions. Oh, poor Jeremy. <laughs> poor Jeremy. I like that we get a little bit more about his backstory as well, knowing that his dad's not been around since he was 10. And you know what's funny is after reading How Not to Be a Boy, this scene like seemed like much more... Yeah, double tragic. Uh, I agree. Yeah, double yeah. tragic. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I do like, though, the way that uh, Jeremy, um, when he starts to cry, he's thinking, well, this is fun. That bit always gets a big laugh out of me. Yeah, this is fun. Wait... <laughs> What are we doing again? <laughs> and I just like how Edwin tells him that it's a safe space and it's okay to cry. Yeah. 
This is like a very said, funny scene. Yeah, like I said, Edwin is just super fucking nice in this scene. Yeah, yeah, he's, you can't, you know, he is almost sinister in how nice he is. He's so nice to Jeremy. And you almost feel like no one's ever been that nice to Jeremy before. No. Isn't it amazing how much the new wellness center is like an MLM after reading Ella Bow's uh, blog last week? Yeah, definitely. I was thinking that, especially when um, they were talking about later on in the episode, they talk about um, how you can earn credits at the center, like by doing jobs and stuff. And I thought, oh yeah, there is an element, LMM sort of element to this religion. Oh man, it's, yeah, it's insane. Mm. Um, next scene we have, we're back at JLB credit. Uh, Jeremy walked. Why did I write Jeremy? Fucking Christ! <laughs> this tells you I'm just reading my notes way too closely and not using logical thinking here. <laughs> Mark walks up to Dobby's desk and he catches her playing Fantasy War Quest. Um, I just want to fly my nerd flag here for a little bit. Uh, if the, is that okay? Yes, go for it. Okay, so as I'm sure is probably painfully aware to most people, Fantasy War Quest is obviously based on World of Warcraft. Um, at the point that this episode came out, World of Warcraft was sort of at a, a peak as far as player base goes. It had about you know 10 million subscribers, and so I'm not really you know surprised that Dobby plays Fantasy Warcraft. No, me neither. Yeah, uh, Dobby kind of like whispering she asked mark if he plays war quest and he says no but he had a level 14 paladin paladin fardor in dungeons and dragons <laughs> yeah i i sort of didn't get that but i imagine if you if you know about these things that would be funny yeah this was uh i this little part where they're having the conversation about their characters really fucking cracked me up obviously more than it made you laugh so yeah i kind of bought that i understood it was a thing um <laughs> but no more than that uh davi then continues to tell him that she's questing with gerard on a fucking work like what the hell like what kind of it system does jlb have where they're just you know letting people play fucking computer games at work yeah that's a good um, point in, in an office as well in the middle of a crowded office yeah um yeah so yeah, davi asked why they're whispering um mark says he doesn't know um at this point the phone rings and it's jeremy <laughs> yeah um he answers and jeremy is sitting in the new wellness center still being watched by edwin and he starts to apologize he's upset and he says i i just wanted to ring sam sorry i take and i take and i take and i never give anything back and edwin's kind of nodding in approval and mark is just confused but kind of goes like well yeah i know he doesn't even he doesn't even try and say, oh, no, you don't, or don't be silly. He just marifaxes, yeah, I know. Yeah, I really love that part where uh, where Edwin is just kind of looking just very like, yeah, this is my guy. This is my fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mark's com clearly completely confused by this, but it's clearly been important for Jeremy to get this off his chest. Yeah. Um, and then Mark just is kind of like, oh, okay, great, thanks. Appreciate yeah. it, buddy. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. He, hang he hangs up the phone, and Dobby then says that they should get together, load up Warquest, and get some pizzas and some beers, draw the curtains, and settle in for a massive sesh. And this is clearly the, um, like, Herbian flirtatious. This is nerd flirtation. Oh, it is uh, definite nerd flirtation. Yeah. And Mark just thinks it he's, like, in awe of Dobby, but then he's also at the same time, like, man, this woman is dangerous. And, um, <laughs> 
he says that sounds great and Dobby's like cool have at the bar door and he's like yeah okay lady Gwynleth <laughs> yeah he walks away from the desk um and he's thinking that she you know she's his dream she's his nightmare but he feels guilty when he, he walks past Sophie and says he feels guilty and then he's like you know what I've got nothing to be guilty about but he, he thinks I feel guilty about everything um he says he feels guilty about what does he say he feels guilty about the in the pollution uh, caused by, by Chinese, Chinese industrialization, yeah, yeah. and uh, from everything from that to not wearing the same, this, not wearing bo- pairs of boxes as much as other pairs of boxes. So you can see that we already knew this about Mark, but he's carrying around a lot of unnecessary guilt. I would say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, next scene, we are back at Apollo House, and we have Gerard, Dobby, and Mark in Mark's room, and much like the last scene. This one probably wasn't as funny to you as it was to me. No. But I had a, like, watching this scene now, just, there's, I have so many fucking questions about this scene. Namely, the first one is, why the hell are they all wearing headsets when they're in the same room with each other? I, you know, even I thought that. I thought that's a bit odd because they're only playing with each other, aren't they? But, I don't know, maybe it was just to make them look more gamery. Yeah. And where did dobby and gerard get laptops nice enough to in 2008 be able to run a video game that graphics intensive like i didn't understand that i mean in 2008 my laptop was basically run on steam i mean it was a big clunky old thing so whilst i never tried to play anything like that on it i imagine it wouldn't have fared well with anything like that it couldn't run three programs at once so yeah yeah i uh... In hindsight, like, this scene is very funny, but it just, like, the nerd part of me just twitches and kind of, like, I do, like, a little head, you know, like, uh, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> um, they agree, they all agree to run into the alchemist study, and Gerard is like, do you know the risks? <laughs> yeah. Um, Gerard kind of feels like maybe he's with his people right here so he decides to dig in just a little bit and he asks mark if he'd be down for some live action role playing in chiselhurst laura are you familiar with larping and does it sound like sound or look like something that you would ever do in a million fucking years so i do actually i am quite familiar with larping because my best friend's husband is a larper uh but would i ever do it probably not it seems to involve a lot of being outside in the cold and having to pretend to be a peasant from some other century or pixie and it's just not it's not my bag but i am familiar with it you know the people that do it love it but i'm not really into sleeping in tents and having fights with wooden swords so not for me (laughs) has laughing ever been part of your life no as much as i think it would be fun in the right circumstance i have heard a lot of horror stories about larping and also when i was in the military there were these, like, the way that our dorms were laid out is they had kind of a, like, a quad, like, kind of grassy area with some trees and stuff in the middle. Right, yeah. Um, so, like, imagine a, a, it was like a rectangle, but one side was open, and so it was, like, kind of a field and some trees. And I remember one time I was walking out with to the chow hall with my friend, and we were walking past a little open area, and we saw these three people that we worked with, and they were goddamn dressed like robin hood you know like the <laughs> green tu- like the green tunic the green hat uh, and they were like chasing each other through the trees <laughs> and like yelling stuff and um 
my friend was like, oh, look at these fucking nerds. And I never had the heart to tell him that, you know, well, maybe it could be fun. And I was just like, yeah, what fucking nerds? And so I've always had that fucking nerd mindset. I always think it, it looks like, I mean, you have to have a lot of commitment to do it. So my um, my best friend's husband, he it, he doesn't do it as much anymore because he's got a wife now and a child. But um, when he was at university, he was like heavily into it. And when he was single. And it took a lot of commitment. Like he was doing it kind of every other weekend. He was traveling great distances to do it. So it really is something people throw their heart and soul into. Like it's got a storyline and he knew loads about it. But um, so I admire the kind of commitment, but it does seem a bit weird to me. I don't know. Less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely. He's just um, got a weird edge, Gerard, isn't he? Oh my fucking god, he's so weird. And then he, he also calls Mark boss, and Mark just says, you know, hey, if Davi's interested in live-action role-playing, I'm interested in live-action role-playing. And he's like, please don't call me boss outside of work. I don't really like it very much. But then in his head, he's like, oh yes, I very much <laughs> like it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, they are still playing the game. And then Dobby makes some sort of subtle insinuation towards Mark that she'd like to get rid of Gerard. She says something about gooseberries, clearly insinuating that that Gerard is a gooseberry. And he kind of, and Mark sort of raises his eyebrows, and this is clearly pretty saucy in Mark's world. I, and then I like, I like in the background, Gerard is like, oh my god, it's a trap, the trees are not real trees. <laughs> that line always really makes me laugh for some reason, the way it's delivered is really funny. Uh, he's completely oblivious to the fact that Mark and Dobby want to get rid of him and he's just like oh my god the alchemist is still there <laughs> it's a trap the trees are not real trees yes um, and then Mark kind of looks at Dobby and he thinks Dobby the acceptable face of woman I hardly have to modify my behavior at all in her company I really think she might be the one yeah and I kind of think like I wrote this in my notes. I kind of think that this is one of the reasons that I kind of dislike Dobby as much as I do. It's almost that she's been brought in to be like Mark's wet dream, essentially. She is the perfect woman for Mark because she likes all these geeky things that he likes. And she just doesn't have a third dimension because she's just been written for the sake of to be this perfect woman for Mark. And I think it falls flat. And I think that's why I never really warmed to Dobby because I don't feel like she's got a personality of her own almost. No, I agree with you 100%. Mm, yeah. Because I was trying um, to think, you know, why does she irritate me so much? And I think that that is one of the main reasons. You know, one other thing that I don't, that always kind of confuses me a little bit too, is that way back in series one, we know when Jeremy was searching for the porno in Mark's closet and he found the white dwarf and we had the whole like, oh, take off your bod <laughs> bodkin and your jerkin. Um, yeah. But never at any point again throughout the series is it ever referenced that mark likes role-playing or he likes miniature wargaming i mean there's never this nerd side of mark that ever pops out and then all of a sudden in in the tail end of season five he's talking about his level 14 paladin in dungeons and dragons and he's playing fucking world of warcraft and engaging in live action role-playing that's true like, actually the only time that we ever the only other thing I can think of where we ever see him sort of doing anything like that is when he goes to the gaming shop with Gerard um, later on. And again, that's something that he's doing with Gerard. We never see him independently doing anything like that. No, and it's it's just, it's weird that they added this character trait that he enjoys, you know, 
fantasy role-playing, but you never actually see him engage in any of that. No, in fact, the only time we ever see him playing a computer game is Tetris, I believe. Oh, uh, there was one time where he was playing, like, a World War II um, video game that oh, I hunted it? down the... Uh, I can't remember, anyways. But, yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's just weird. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Jeremy walks in and he's wearing what I imagine is the um, the uniform of the new wellness center, where it's yes. like a... <laughs> it's like a grey dress shirt that he's done up to the collar, but it's got no tie with it. It's a very odd look. Yeah, it's it's tucked into jeans and he's wearing like a brown belt. Yeah, it's like a Mormon look, but without the tie. <laughs> Um, he tells Mark that he's cleaned up the kitchen and he doesn't want him to walk in there for about an hour because it needs to, to finish drying. Um, and then he's been to Tesco to stop a, stock up on milk and bread because they were low. And Mark is just like, you've cleaned the, the what? <laughs> yeah, and Jeremy repeats that he's cleaned the kitchen and that he's going to be out all day today and tomorrow because he's on his course. And then he just kind of turns around and walks into the living room. Um, Mark looks at Dobby and, and Gerard and he said... Uh, excuse me, but you guys can make use of, uh, I've got to step away, but you guys can make use of my enchanted coracle, which <laughs> I looked up what a coracle is, and it is a small kind of round boat made out of reeds that are common in whales. Oh, uh, really? I, I imagined it to be like a magic wand or something. I thought the same thing. Yeah, yeah. How weird. Yep. Uh, Mark follows Jeremy into the living room, and he asks Jeremy, you know, like, what kind of course are you taking? Yeah, and Jeremy tells him that it's a course for personal and career development. And he did the first bit of it yesterday, and it was the best £400 he's ever spent. Plus, you get a free book, which he whips out of his bag. Yeah. Um, and then Mark realizes, oh my god, he's getting involved in the new wellness center. He starts talking about how it's a cult. Um, he says he's heard a lot of stuff over the internet about them, and... Um, Jeremy just says, yes, there is conspiracies about them on the internet. <laughs> Mark leaves through the book, and he's looking through it, and he says, there's a lot of stuff about asteroids in here. And this is when Jeremy goes into his kind of spiel that he's clearly been taught at the new wellness centre about what they believe. Why don't you tell us about what they believe? So, it's based around the seven sacred truths from the golden tablets they found in an asteroid which crashed in Siberia in 1911. Um, and then he says, you would love the chapter about orgones to Mark. And Mark just looks baffled. Yeah. And he asked Jeremy, what are orgones? And orgones, Jeremy explains, are kind of the root of all the problems in the world. And yeah. Mark is just like, do you really believe that? And Jeremy's like, well, how else do you explain the problems of the world, Mark? <laughs> and Mark is just like, well, I can't. <laughs> yeah. No There's... one can. Yeah, there's so many historical and economic factors. And then Mark tries to flip it around and he asks Jeremy, you know, what would you say if I came home and I was telling you about orgones and negative emotions? And Jeremy's just like, oh, I would say I very much would like to hear more about it. Yeah. Um, this bit where he describes what they've been taught at the new wellness center, it really reminded me of, um, I, we went to see the Book of Mormon for my 30th birthday. And I knew a little bit about Mormons. I knew basically what they understood. Uh, what they believed in but I didn't I didn't know it in any detail my husband didn't know anything so after we'd been to see it and laughed a lot he we had dinner and my husband said so what do they actually believe in and I was like I sort of gave, gave him a brief outline I was like well, I don't know, know the details so I googled it and it was exactly like the kind of thing that Jeremy's saying here and it made zero sense and I was like I'm sure this made more sense last time I read it so I think that they've kind of 
taken the idea of Scientology and put a bit of Mormon in there. That reminded me of Mormon light. Yeah, for, yeah, for those that don't know, basically, uh, the founder of Mormonism... Um, oh my god, why is his name... Why am I not able to think of what the fuck his is name it is? Is it Joseph Smith? Was yeah, it Joseph Smith. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he said that he was visited by an angel, and he was told where these gold discs were in America... He retrieved the gold discs, and the angels also gave him a pair of magical glasses that let him um, decipher the celestial the celestial language into our language. And he basically spent weeks and weeks with these glasses and these discs writing the Book of Mormon. And the reason that nobody can see the discs or the glasses is because the angels took them when he was done writing the Book of Mormon. Yeah, sounds believable, doesn't it? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're a book reader, Laura, uh, so I'm going to go ahead and recommend a book. I wasn't expecting to have this conversation, um, but there's a book called Under the Banner of Heaven by an author named James Krakauer, and it is about um, Mormons, Mormon fundamentalism, and a murder. And it kind of, it alternates between like the founding of Mormonism and then modern day Mormon Mormonism. Oh, that sounds really interesting. I'll, I'll definitely have a look at that. I am... Um... I've been interested in Mormon since... Did you ever watch Big Love? It was the show about the Mormon guy who had three wives. Yep. Yeah, I, I, really, I didn't I watch really it, but my parents that. did. Yeah, I really liked that. I thought it was really good back in the day. So I would be very interested to read this book. That sounds interesting. So next we are at JLB, and uh, we've got an office party, a going away party for Sue. Uh, yeah, never, never seen Sue before. Never mentioned her previously, but she's leaving. Yep, and it looks like she steals biscuits because there's a sign on the back <laughs> yeah. wall that says "Tata Sue, the biscuits are safe." <laughs> um, there, Johnson and Mark are talking, and Johnson points out that some redundancies are more voluntary than others in relation to poor old Sue. And Mark says that <laughs> Sue's taking it pretty well, and Johnson says, "Show me a good loser, and I'll show you a loser." And it's one of my favourite Johnson moments. I love him being so mean. Oh, yeah, that's a great line. Show me a good loser, and I'll just show you a fucking loser. <laughs> Johnson then says that uh, he wants Mark to go and bust his new office's virginity, um, <laughs> which is creepy as, um, and then tells him that he's going to have to swing his axe. Is that how he puts it? Because um, yep. he wants Mark to start doing some, to, to start implementing some redundancies himself. Yep. I also like how Mark is concerned that Johnson wants to have sex with him. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't quite know how to take the virginity comment. Yeah, um, and then, but Mark is like kind of worried about who he will have to fire. Um, at this point, Johnson walks away and Sophie walks up. She is thinking to herself, just act normal. He doesn't suspect a thing about me and Jez. And then she's just like, hi, husband. Yeah, she's clearly a bit pissed. Um, she says that the wine is horrible, the, the white wine that she's got from the office party. They have some small talk uh, about the wine being disgusting. And then the topic of conversation changes to Jez. And she asks how he is. So if she wanted to play it cool and not want Mark to know anything was going on, this is not how to go about it. No, it is a very sudden conversational change from the disgusting white wine to how is Jez. Yeah. Uh, and she thinks naked Jez laying there on the sofa like a big plucked chicken, which did make me laugh. Yeah. Um... And then Mark kind of just informs her that Jez is joining a cult uh, and he's changing his name. 
And then uh, Sophie gets this like little look on her face where she's like, oh, that's not good. No, what's he changed his name to? And he's his Jared. And she's yeah. like, oh. <laughs> Which I only knew one Jared. I went to primary school with the Jared and he was very nice. But it's not a name you hear very often. Uh, the one Jared I know is, uh, well, I know two Jareds. I work with one and he's really cool. I went to high school with one and he's weird as hell. <laughs> okay, that's a 50-50 split for the Jareds. But I wonder why, I wonder if the new owner centre gave Jeremy the name Jared or whether he chose it himself. I'd be, I'd be intrigued to know more about that. Yeah. Um, at this point, as Mark is talking, Sophie starts to think about Mark and she says, if Jeremy is chicken, Mark is beef. Beef or ribs? <laughs> yeah, which is just weird. Yeah. Um, she asked Mark if he's had a chance to look over the annulment paperwork um, and he nods his head to say yes. And then she asked Mark if he wants to go to his new office and annul the hell out of our marriage, which is a bit flirtatious the way she says it. Yes, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, it's a bit sexy. And Mark thinks, quick divorce and then back for nibbles. Yep, and then he also... So, also in Sophie's Peep Show, there's like a bit of a deleted scene where Mark at, Mark is uh, like, Ah, oh, man, annulment is so easy. I feel like King Henry VIII, and I didn't even need to have a reformation. And then Sophie just thinks to herself, Hmm, history joke. Just laugh like it's funny. Reformation. Hilarious. <laughs> Um, next we are actually in the interior of Mark's office and Mark and Sophie are, they have a bottle of wine with them yeah. for some reason and they're just pouring wine and just getting hammered in the, uh, in Mark's office. Yes. And Mark asks her how things are going with Tolly, who she was seeing, uh, previously, I believe in the episode where Mark, uh, got the, uh, what they call bulldog clip stuck to his lip. It was because she was he was watching her flirting with Tolly. Um, she says that she it was it didn't it didn't go well. It's over. She waited till the fifth weekend uh, that her and Tolly were together, and then she told him that she wanted a baby pretty soon, and he wasn't really into it. Yep. Uh, Mark points out that in his analysis, men don't like babies as much as women do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's such a such a great social anthropologist. Yeah, it's great. I just like how subtly he's just like, you know, in my experience, men aren't as excited about uh, babies as women are. Yeah, yeah. Sophie decides at this point that she's going to sort of wheedle away at Mark and ask if uh, how he is and if he's missing her or if anything's going on. And uh, he says that he's got someone in his crosshairs, but he's going to let her live a little bit longer before pulling the trigger, which is just creepy. Um, <laughs> Good. I, by the way, I am glad that I'm not the only one that thought that that was like a really creepy way to phrase that. Really creepy, but then it is Mark, I suppose, who is sometimes a bit creepy. Yeah. Sophie thinks to herself, maybe he's moved on. He can't have, can he? <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and then she's just like, are you though? Obviously, you must be missing me a bit. And Mark says, oh, I do miss you. A bit and he thinks to himself she's playing me like a tuba yeah sophie thinks okay there's no need to push it he said the words but then she says that she misses him a bit as well yeah and then she's like okay got him where i want him mm -hmm. back under the old spell what should i do maybe staple his nuts to a desk call the police <laughs> <laughs> i think this just proves that sophie doesn't really want mark well she doesn't want anyone else to have him either yeah, but yeah, you're 100% right that uh, Sophie doesn't really want 
want Mark, but then also doesn't really want him to be happy either. No. Um, Mark questions whether he should kiss Sophie, and he starts thinking that he's not really made of a move on Dobby, so he's a free man. He leans over and they start kissing, and Mark thinks to himself, I'm Shaft, maybe. I'm Trump. I'm Trump in my dirty wiggy tower. Yep, and then Sophie thinks to herself, Sophie Chapman, irresistible goddess, also has conversational French, one failed marriage, and roughly 23,000 pounds of credit card debt. Back at Apollo House, we have Mark and Sophie in bed together. And this is really, like, these next couple, the, all these scenes together with Mark and Sophie you are really kind of the, the meat of Sophie's peep show. Um, Sophie's thinking to herself, God, the two flat meats, a bit dubious, a bit slutty. No, that's a total double standard. Is Jeremy a slut for sleeping with me? Yes, Jeremy is a total <laughs> slut. And then while he's thinking this, he Mark or while she is thinking this, Mark is also thinking, look at me, drunken one night stand. I mean, she is my wife. Still finally got to use my bachelor's emergency condom. And then he's just like, Oh shit. Oh bollocks. And um Mark lets Sophie know that there might be a problem. Yes, um old Meg has been in his wallet for so long that the rubber has perished. Old Meg has broken. Sophie doesn't freak out in the way you would expect her to about this. She says, oh dear, oh dear. And in her head, she thinks, cool. <laughs> and Mark suggests that she might want to get the morning after pill. Um, in her head, she thinks, just stack the odds a bit. Maybe you won't notice. She turns that down. She says, they're full of powerful hormones. I don't really want to take one of those. But I'm sure just on a one-off, it's unlikely that I'll be pregnant. But she then is moving so that she's sitting in a way that is going to aid conception yeah she's basically kind of like uh allison was sitting in back where she's laying on her back but she's got her hips up yeah putting a pillow on your bum yeah um mark asks why she's sitting like that and sophie just is like oh it's just comfy i'm just comfy like this i like sitting this it's comfortable and then she <laughs> thinks just act dumb they then sort of get into a bit of a fight over it and she's thinking what's he complaining about the sperm's mine now he gave it to me willingly it's my property possession is nine tenths of the law sperms are no longer under his power they're not like homing pigeons he can't recall them i don't think yep and then mark is thinking that is low that is really low she's taken my sperm and sperm is like lending someone less than a fiver you can't really ask for it back <laughs> yeah there's no real way of getting that back either mark <laughs> I do remember the first time I saw this. I, I remember watching it with my boyfriend at the time. And we both were like, oh, this is such a cheap shot. Like, I remember feeling like, oh, okay. So this is where we're going with this in the next season. This is a bit rubbish. I do remember being a bit disappointed by this. Really? You were a bit disappointed that they decided to, that Sophie was going to get knocked up? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I just Yeah. I just remember thinking, oh, okay. Right, so we're going to kind of carry on this Sophie nonsense then, are we? I think by then I was a bit sick of the Sophie stuff. And I just thought, how can this possibly be interesting? Like, where's this going? They've got no relationship to salvage. So all we're going to see is them bitching over the baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, so back at the... Uh, so in the next scene, we're at a pub and both Hands and Jez are there. And they're both wearing like the exact same outfit. Um, yeah, it's like uniform. the yeah, it's like the button-up shirt, uh, buttoned all the way up to the neck. 
Um, and then Hans's hair is like slicked back, and he looks very like neat and everything. Yeah, he looks proper. Yeah. Um, Jeremy says that the last personality test he took, he was up thirty percent, and Hans is really proud of him. Um, he said, he says, I'm following a book, the hardback book based on tab, tab tablets bought by an asteroid, um, and they just both seem really pleased with themselves. Yeah, but Jez is like. What do you think of the asteroids? And Hans kind of looks at him suspiciously, and Hans is like, oh, what are you, having some doubts? And Jez is like, no, I'm not really having doubts, more like thoughts. And Hans tells him to give that shit a rest. Uh, you've been having thoughts your whole life, and look where that got you. <laughs> yeah, great line. Love that line. Um, he then um, says that he's been talking to Pasco who said that there's a couple of rooms opening up at the centre, and if you live there, you can pay for the classes by getting new recruits in. And Jeremy's not sure about this, but Hans seems so into the idea of moving into the compound that he kind of relents. Yeah, and this is it. This is where the MLM portion of this comes from. Yeah, definitely. There is some kind of wider selling going on here. Jesus, you know, like, if you really think about it, it's so like you have Jeremy and Hans who are constantly talking about how good their life is now that they're part of the new wellness center. You know, uh, hey, would you like to live a happy life like me? Come to the new <laughs> wellness center. Oh, my God. I can even imagine the, like, crappy local TV advert. Oh, Jesus. We should talk to Elle about this and see, if, <laughs> see what she thinks. Yeah. Since we have the same social media manager and everything yeah yeah how weird is that um. <laughs> yeah in a in a crazy little twisted world our um <laughs> wonderful social media manager that runs our twitter or helps us run our twitter account uh she messages us on whatsapp and she's like jesus christ the l dude brothers podcast is tweeting elbows fucking mlm blog it's like my worlds are colliding here <laughs> It's a small world on the on the internet. Yeah, if you guys are looking for a social media manager, uh, please let us know, and we will get you in touch with Danielle. She has been fucking phenomenal for us. So yeah, she's great. Yeah. Um. Anyways, okay. So now we're back at Mark's office. Um. This is a really good scene here. Very funny. Mark is really worried that Sophie is pregnant. Like, really, really worried about Sophie being pregnant. Yes. Um. Then Johnson walks, as he's thinking about this, Johnson walks in and compliments him on his office. But he says that um, he he's kind of, it's a typical Johnson thing, he's boasting. And he says that he's got a 32-inch plasma screen in his. And he, he says he says something like, once you, it's like, you can, if you get a document up on that baby, you're really looking at that document. Which is just a great line because what else, you know, like... You don't need to see that document any better than you could see it on a regular <laughs> screen. Yeah. Um, Johnson tells Mark that Sophie is the lowest ranked office droid, so that's the one he has to fire, and Mark's not really happy about this. Um, Johnson says that Sophie came in again late, seeking a booze and cigarettes, and um, Mark is like, oh, well, so much for being pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was thinking about this, and I don't think that this would fly, even if they're not unionized. Surely your soon-to-be ex-husband firing you is not going to stand up. Like, surely she'd be able to claim unfair dismissal. Wow, I didn't even think about it from that perspective. But yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. 
Um, but as Alan leaves the office, he tells Sophie to go in by saying Chapman Corrigan and just sort of ushering her in. Yeah. Um, as she's walking into the office, Sophie wonders if Mark is going to wallop her for that terrible report that wasn't even a page long. But she's fine because the pregnancy pisses all over that. Yeah. She sits down and she says, you wanted to see me. But before Mark can really continue, Sophie says that she's got big news for him. And internally, yeah. Mark's thinking, please don't say you're pregnant. Please don't say you're pregnant. And then she says, I'm pregnant. And Mark's internal monologue is just, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It's just like... <laughs> you know what I'll, I'll probably just try to edit in just the fuck because it is so goddamn funny i think even men who in the most committed relationships who wanted a baby feel like that to be honest i think even women i remember when i found out i was pregnant with our first daughter even though we've been trying to get pregnant i do remember thinking jesus christ what have i done <laughs> uh mark is just he looks <laughs> completely dazed here and he's just like right you're pregnant of course you are and sophie's like i've done three home tests last night and they all all came out positive and mark is just like right uh only three <laughs> yeah you only need one mark um, and yeah. sophie said neither of us planned for this but it happened and i really want a baby um and he just looks like his world has collapsed yeah and then she says oh yeah what was your news again yeah, and uh, as this whole conversation is going on, Johnson walks by the window into Mark's office, and he turns his, puts his hand like a gun, and he points it to his head and like, you know, blow her brains out. Yeah, pull the trigger, Mark. Um, Sophie, in Sophie's peep show, she notices Mark staring out the window, and she's like, great, he's distracted, I'm here telling him he's going to be a dad, but he's looking at Lisa's tits or something. Yeah. Uh, of course, you know, Sophie's just going to assume that Mark is doing something horrible when really he's just probably in a daze. Um, <laughs> I really like this next exchange they have. Mark asks Sophie if she's ever considered redundancy, voluntary redundancy, and she's like, no. <laughs> have you ever considered involuntary redundancy? <laughs> Sophie now realizes what this is about, and she's like, you're firing me. And Mark says he's been asked to fire her, but he doesn't necessarily mean he's going to. And she just sort of gets a bit hysterical. She's like, that's perfect. I've just found out I'm pregnant. I'm losing my fucking job. Like, thanks very much. And she starts crying. Yeah, and she keeps crying. And in her head, she's like, he is not getting away with this. I mean, redundancy would be nice because I hate this job and all, but I am not getting fired. He is not going to jilt me and then fire me. He is going to get hit by some serious tear action. Can you handle this, Mr. Corrigan? And she's just... <laughs> like bawling her eyes out at the same time that's happening mark is just thinking oh fiddlesticks of course i'm having a baby great i'll probably drop it or it'll grow up to write a bit bitter memoir about how distant i was i love the bit of memoir line that's brilliant it's just exactly how i think i feel like mark's entered my head at that point and um, i don't enjoy though the idea that um are you gonna go up to daddy daddy's upstairs yeah oh no Hang on. Oh, maybe she'll write a bitter memoir. <laughs> she almost certainly will, yeah, about how I didn't let her sleep in my bed every night. <laughs> oh, hang on. I mean, that's exactly why Mark didn't want a baby, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so at this point, Mark says to Sophie, you know, look, Sophie, I'm not going to fire you. We'll sort something out. I'll fire someone else. Paul, Paul's a pain in my ass. And Sophie just thinks, yeah, let Paul take the bullet. That'll teach him for eating my last Pop-Tart. 
yeah um sophie thanks him and mark then just begins to be really over emphatic and starts telling her all the things he's gonna do and it's like oh, oh, i'll come around i'll help you with everything I'll, I'll even move in with you if you want yeah and uh sophie starts to she she thinks mark he is nice so nice maybe he is the one but definitely isn't the one he jilted me at the altar i hate him more than anyone else alive but maybe he can do the administra administrative side of raising a child. <laughs> yeah, like he's going to fill out all the forms that are associated with having children. And Mark, meanwhile, just wants to stop crying and he will say anything to stop this from happening. Yeah, and he actually tells himself, just say the words, think about their meaning later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the next scene is in the woods somewhere in Kent and Mark is laughing in a very fetching kind of Knight of the Realm um, outfit with like a chainmail head thing and he looks very dashing i thought he looked like sir galahad from monty python in the holy grail yeah yeah definitely gerard is just screaming broadsword plus two broadsword plus two this guy he's fighting is just like i revive i revive and gerard and him start arguing and mark is just he just goes what the fuck am i doing here i'm an executive <laughs> and a father to be this isn't me these aren't my people and then <laughs> on to the next scene yeah, they're in, a, in the same woods being a kind of hut shack thing. And um, Dobby asks Mark if he is going to go with Gerard and her for a drink afterwards. Mark says no. Um, Dobby, she's then, she says she could give him a lift home. She's obviously trying to give him an in for them to go out or whatever. But Mark kind of gives her the brush off. Yeah, he tells her that uh, he's got to go, like, was it, like, talk to Sophie or something yeah, like that? Yeah, Sophie's coming around or Sophie wanted me to pop in or something. Yeah, and, and Dobby's like, yeah, fuck Sophie, and kind of is upset and walks off. Yeah, um, Gerard then tells Mark that he's thinking about asking Dobby out, so Mark just sort of out of nowhere <laughs> says he's fired from his job. Yeah, and uh, Gerard is like, uh, you are just firing me because I want to date Dobby, and if you do this, I will take you to court, and I will talk to the citizens... What is it? The Citizens... Citizens Advice Bureau. <laughs> yeah. And then Mark is just like, ah, oh, you know what, Gerard, you're not fired anymore. Your work has improved slightly. <laughs> yeah. I take the firing back. Yeah. And uh, I was just thinking, you know, it's funny because we have Sophie doing kind of a similar thing to Mark where she emotionally manipulates him. And then we have Gerard, uh, we have Mark trying to basically uh, can Gerard for trying to you know, get between him and Darby. Yeah, that's true, actually. And I think neither of these firings would stand up in a court of law. I think Mark can't sack anyone, really, at this point. Uh, except for Paul. Paul's a pain in the ass. Oh, yeah, Paul, of course, is a pain in the ass, and he's got no outside relationship with Paul, so he's clearly the one he should sack. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think Alan gives a shit who he fires, as long as it's somebody. Yeah, exactly. Someone on that list. Yeah. Um, we go back to Apollo House, and <laughs> Mark has finally, finally purchased a new TV. Yes, he's very proud of this TV. It's HD ready, and Mark is so ready for HD, and he's very happy to be unboxing this great new TV. It's really funny to me how much uh, TV technology has changed in the last 10 years, because looking at this TV, yes, it is a 42-inch TV, allegedly, but it has like a uh, like a 5-inch bevel around the entire screen, so really it's only like a 32-inch TV. Yeah, I mean, we got our TV when we first moved in together so like 2010 and it's still going strong and we keep saying when it dies like we'll get a better telly but until it dies we've got no need to 
but because it's so old, again, it's got the kind of bevel thing and it just looks like something out of the art now. TVs really have moved on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to a little bit of detriment, too, because those TVs that had the really big bezel bevels around the side, they also had front-facing speakers, whereas, like, the new TVs with, like, the with like no bezel, the speakers are on the back, and the uh, those back-facing speakers tend to sound way shittier than the front-facing ones do. Oh, really? Ones do. Okay, so I won't feel so bad about my shitty old telly, then. No, no, your sh- your shitty old te- telly is great. <laughs> um, Hans walks in and he hands a he's got a box of uh, Jez's or Gerard's old shit, and he asks Mark if he wants any of it because he's going to go and take it to the incinerator if not. And Mark asks him what's in it, and he says, "Oh, it's just a load of like song song lyrics, love letters, that old shit." And Mark, in a rare moment of sentimentality, says that he will hold on to it. Yeah. Um... Mark asks Hans if Jeremy is really moving to the center, and um, Hans says yes, and he also tells him that Sophie is in his room now. Um, Mark pulls up Fantasy War Quest on his laptop, and but because his new TV has an HDMI port, he's actually able to play Fantasy War Quest on his TV. Yeah, awesome. That's, that's gonna That means that him, Gerard, and Dobby haven't got a huddle around him in bed anymore. Nope, nope. They can just <laughs> sit in the uh, living room and huddle around the living room instead yeah um we then go into jeremy's room and we see jeremy in his room looking through some cds and sophie's there and she's talking to him and asks him uh, how he is and then she says do you remember that time when i came over last month to give mark his enormous papers and jeremy says what when we did the thing that we really shouldn't have done but which at the time we really wanted to do so Sophie sort of nods and he says, yeah, I don't feel great about that. I don't really want to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I guess this is probably if you were watching this for the first time, this is when you're like, oh, my God, Jeremy and, and Sophie hooked up. Yeah, this is the reveal. I think I realized when Han said that Sophie was in Jeremy's room. That was when the, the penny dropped for me, I think. Yeah, I kind of I well, you know, because they had that time in. Uh, I don't remember if it was Aberdeen or Frankfurt where they were smoking a joint. Oh, they had the little kiss, yeah. Yeah, during Project Zeus. So I mean, we knew we know that it's there, but uh, yeah, this is the first time it's been like really this fucking overt. Yes. Um. Sophie says that she doesn't want to have sex again either, but she says, you know, I went to the clinic last week and that I'm. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy says knocked up with Mark's kid, and she's like, yeah, pregnant. Um. And she says it turns out that the dates might be wrong for what I thought. And Jeremy just doesn't get it, does he? Nope. And he's just, then all of a sudden he just is like, uh, what? It's not going to get born old or young, but they come young anyways. So, and and so yeah, he's just and... like, no, I got the dates wrong. And then Jeremy just <laughs> is like, oh, you are fucking kidding me. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Um, my experience is that this fits in well with most men's understanding of reproduction, to be honest. I think if you got 10 men in a room and you asked them to explain like when in the month a woman can get pregnant or how you would know you were pregnant, or I think quite a lot of the men out of that 10 wouldn't know the true facts. So I think Jeremy's probably not alone in not quite understanding <laughs> you know, what times of the month and stuff a woman can get pregnant and how, if you have sex with two men, how that might impact. Yeah. Um... Sophie says it's all a bit up in the air and Jeremy just tries to feign happiness and he wishes she had never told him before he joined a cult and then he's like, not cult. Um, (laughs) 
while he's thinking this, Sophia's like, is thinking, you know, would he be a better or worse choice than Mark? Both are in the bottom 10% of people I would have a baby with, but which one is worse? Probably Jez. <laughs> yeah. Sophie then asks Jeremy if he'll tell Mark because after all she's been through, she can't. Um, and Sophie then thinks that she hopes their sperm will mix together inside her and she'll give birth to a, a stoner who works really hard but never achieves anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she then gets up and she says goodbye. And um, Jeremy thinks to himself that he'll tell Mark with a card, a love rat, and a fiver. <laughs> yeah. Like a fiver is going to soften the blow. Um, yep. Jeremy walks into the living room to say goodbye to Mark and he says this is really exciting I'm moving to the centre you're having a baby and Mark gloomily says that the doggy door's been closed forever um, because she and Gerard are definitely going out now yep Jeremy starts contemplating not telling Mark about his affair with Sophie but then he's overcome with negative orgones and he starts to wonder where all these negative orgones are coming from <laughs> yeah and so they do a kind of sad uh, uh, and uh, he leaves the room but then Jeremy immediately comes back in and he's like there is one thing I wanted to say um, and then Mark interrupts with you know I don't think you should go you, you know I think that I'll, I'll happily deprogram you I'll come and I'll rescue you from the center yep and Jez is like oh no thanks man no um, the thing is it's just me and Sophie might be having a baby and Mark says no no Jez Sophie and I might be having a baby <laughs> and Jez is like no no Mark me and Sophie might be having a baby mm -hmm. about a month ago when she came around we ended up and Mark is just like oh that is it that is definitely it is everybody secretly fucking behind my back <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he says that you know uh, this is he's done some bad things previously but this is it like having sex with my wife is definitely the worst thing you've done <laughs> but then he also starts to kind of feel relieved because now instead of definitely having a baby he's only maybe gonna have a uh going to have a baby yeah so he realizes his odds are down and that actually cheers him up and um, they kind of go back and forth like this until Superhands walks in and he says to jeremy stroke gerard that he needs um jared that he needs to uh get a wriggle on because the incinerator shuts at six and they need to get going yeah um the during the mark and jeremy conversation they also realized that jeremy's whole like impetus for joining this religion was because he had sex with sophie and he you know was feeling guilt and didn't really you know know how to get rid of the guilt he doesn't seem to even understand what guilt is like he describes it as this like unpleasant feeling and Mark's like, yeah, that's guilt. Most people understand that feeling and have it quite regularly. Like, why do you not understand what this is? Yeah. Um, at this point, uh, you know, like she said, uh, Super Hands walks in. He says the incinerator closes at six. Uh, Jeremy just tells Hands that he's decided to stay at Apollo House with Mark. Um, Super Hands and Mark have this really funny back and forth where Hands accuses of Mark. If he's like, you're going to stay with him? He just thinks you're a dickhead. And Mark is like, well, yeah, Jeremy is a dickhead, but that'll that won't stop me from being a better friend to him than you have been. And then Hans just says, um, "Yeah, Jeremy may be a dickhead, but I'm just trying to show him how not to be a dickhead." And then Jeremy's just like, "Can you guys stop calling me a fucking dickhead?" <laughs> yeah, can the only thing you agree on is that I'm a dickhead, not be the case, please. Yeah. Um. So then. Um. So. Uh. Hans says that, you know, 
this is this way of life is it might not be for everyone but that all gangs are realer than the elves and the pixies and fucking merlin and mark says look this that's ridiculous that's better than asteroids and tables and hans has just had enough of this so he picks up a lamp and after a brief tussle smashes the absolute shit out of mark's new telly yep and uh mark is just the whole time this is going on mark is just screaming it's hd ready it's hd ready <laughs> um the, then Superhands leaves and he says he's not coming back because his organ levels will be through the fucking roof. <laughs> he's going <laughs> yeah. clear and he's just gone. Superhands out. Yeah. Um, the season ends with Jeremy apologizing to Mark for hand smashing the TV. And Mark has this kind of like weird, like satisfied look on his face where he's just like, it's no big deal. Insurance will cover it. And you know what? We'll get a new TV even bigger. And... Um, <laughs> Then Jeremy asks Mark what they're going to do about the situation. Mark says, don't worry about it. At the rate Sophie's going, we're just going to end up adopting like a couple of gay dads. <laughs> yeah. And the uh, the scene and this series ends with both of them thinking, oh, Jesus. Yeah. So now that series six is in the bag, what was your kind of overall opinion of series six? Series five. This is series five oh, Jesus it? Christ. Yes, series five. Um, yeah, so I think it's a really strong series. I remember really enjoying it at the time, um, and I've enjoyed revisiting it. I think for those of us that were watching it uh, live, it came, if I'm, I might be misremembering this, but I don't think I am. Um, there was quite a long gap between season four and five, for, so it was like 18 months, I think, maybe even nearly two years before um, season season five came out, so it was really exciting and it had like a there were a lot of expectations attached to it but they it lived up to it it was really really good and i've really enjoyed revisiting it um and definitely those three in the middle with the the jeremy trilogy are very funny yeah uh i really like i really like all three of the jeremy trilogy i really enjoyed mark's women um i mean the thing is is i think that as a whole this this um with the exception of the really weird debut episode burgling um i felt like that you know spin war the jeremy trilogy and mark's women were all you know pretty good to mediocre episodes um yeah i still think that <laughs> i still think that series four has a lot of like really high highs but uh series five was just really consistent and i like that yeah series five is very reliable like it's got a lot of reliable laughs it's nothing extraordinary but it is a very very reliable very funny consistent series yeah um, i i will just tell you sorry. i will just tell you of series six there's only one episode in series six that i actually like yeah see i so when i was watching this episode earlier um for, to, for the podcast i my netflix obviously just rolled on to the next episode and as i was watching it i was like jesus christ series six was weak and i'll be interested to see whether I still think that watching them one by one because my heart kind of sank a little bit and I thought, oh, I don't remember enjoying this series very much. So I hope that it improves on what I think it's going to be. Yeah. Um, the only, you know, like I said, there's only really one episode in this next series that I like. Uh, are you going to say which one or are you going to save that until we talk oh, about it? Uh, I mean, I think it's uh, probably anybody that knows me think it, it's pretty obvious. It's party. I really fucking right. love that episode so much. Yeah, it is a good episode, yeah. So yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to talk about a series that neither of us have 
or neither of us think we remember being particularly great it will be interesting to revisit those episodes maybe we should just do a condensed series six where we just do like uh, all six episodes in one podcast and <laughs> yeah <laughs> there must be some people that love series six though that's the thing is that for everyone and definitely doing my like my ratings of each episode that sometimes you've disagreed with or sometimes like my husband's wildly disagreed with it's um it's interesting to see how different people take different episodes and different series and what they take from them yeah yeah i agree i mean i'm sure that there's people who just like love elena love gail you know love that whole storyline it's just not you know my boyfriend who i was with at the time thought elena was beautiful that was his main thing was he just thought elena was gorgeous and he watched it for that so there you go that's uh, i think there were probably a lot of men that enjoyed elena yeah um <clears throat> so let me think here like where does this episode fall in your rankings yeah, um, have we revealed episode 28 yet have we talked let's have a look on my list i really really am going to need you to post this list with the episodes that we've already uh already done yeah that's a good idea no we haven't talked about 28 yet okay i'm gonna go with 28 uh you're really really close it was 29 Ah. Oh. Yeah, so so close, but yeah, it's it's almost bang smack in the middle for me in terms of that. Uh, I don't love it. I don't hate it. I think there are far better episodes, but there are also far worse episodes. So, you know, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I would not argue about twenty eight at all. No, exactly. It's a it's a very it's a it's a solid fine episode, but it doesn't rock my world. Yeah. Um. So, right, let me see if we're going to have another episode before... Okay, so by the time... Okay, so we're not going to have another episode before the next season of um, This Country comes out. So, I'm really, really pumped for This Country Season 2. What Do you know if there's a date for it yet? If Has a date been revealed? I thought it was a, I thought it was February 26th. Isn't that what... Is it 26th? Uh... Yeah, I, I think they did say that, but I couldn't... I had a look online earlier and I couldn't find anything to corroborate that. So, that is in like a week's time next monday yeah yeah let me double check here but i'm pretty sure that's what the wtaf guys said um that would make sense because last year they were all released on monday so have you listened to uh peeping tom yet no not yet i've got it on my uh my my podcast to listen to when i'm doing housework over the next couple of days if i'm out of bed yeah the have you uh listen to it no, I haven't, not yet. But I know that that's your favorite episode. It is my favorite episode, yeah. Um, so it says, This Country Returns to BBC Three on February 26th. I am super pumped oh, okay, for that. Yeah. yeah, no, I can't wait for that. That would be great. Um, and that is actually a great segue into one of the other things I wanted to talk about, which was that there is a new series of Mum starting on BBC Two on Tuesday the 20th, so tomorrow as we're recording. Um, and I, I think I told you a couple of weeks ago to get on it and watch series one, but I know you haven't yet because you've been watching the Olympics, but it is really <laughs> worth watching. Um, <laughs> it is a, a sitcom written by, and uh, now I'm going to probably fuck up the um, pronunciation of this, Stefan Golowanski, who wrote Him and Her for the BBC, which was also another great sitcom uh, that starred Russell Tovey and Sarah Suleiman, who've both gone on to better things. Um, and Mum is... It's written by him, and it is a comedy starring Leslie Manville, who 
I don't know if you know, she used to be married to Gary Oldman. She's a big deal. She's a big British actress, stage actress. And it is about a woman who's been recently widowed. And her, just her relationships uh, with the, her son that she lives with, her grown-up son, his girlfriend, and her brother and his girlfriend and their family friend. And nothing really happens in it, but you just see her life over six separate months uh, following her husband's death. The first episode is her husband's funeral. And it is one of the funniest things that was on TV. It wasn't last year, it was the year before. Um, and the new series starts tomorrow. And it is, it's just so perfectly written. It is really, it's just, a, it's an extraordinary piece of writing that's really, really funny. So it's really worth your time catching up with season one, which is on iPlayer at the moment. And it, season two is starting tomorrow. Uh, how many episodes are each season? Six. Oh, Okay. All right, so it's yeah, the pizza model. Yeah, and they're only model. half an hour, so it's not it's not very it won't take much time to watch. But if you've not seen it, I highly recommend it for any peep show fans because it's got it's really it's really funny, it's really tightly written, um, and it's just it's great. I can't recommend it highly enough. Yeah, I'll have to watch that. Um, I ought to see. If it's it's a little hard for me sometimes to. Uh, um, <clears throat> yeah, sometimes it's a little hard for me to. Uh, find these um shows that you recommend to me mm -hmm. uh, just because i don't have access to iplayer um, yeah. and, and sometimes they can be uh sometimes they can be a little tough to track online yeah i imagine that something like that is probably not got a huge following so it's going to be hard to find but if you can you would pay back handsomely yeah i will see what i can find here and um, the other thing i wanted to mention was i'm well behind the times like five years <laughs> behind the times but yesterday I started to watch Inside Number Nine, which I don't know if you know the League of Gentlemen. I don't know if that was ever a thing over there. No, um, I saw that you. T I saw you tweeting about it, and uh, oh, which reminds me, I know another question to ask you. But yeah, I saw that you were tweeting about it. Yeah, so I never watched the League of Gentlemen. I was a bit young for it, I think, or it's probably not my sense of humour. I never quite got it. But Inside Number Nine is written by the same two guys, Reese Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton, and it is. Uh, each is an anthology series so each episode is, is completely different about a different thing with different characters and the only thing that links them is they all happen inside a house or a flat or an office that is number nine in some way um, and I watched the first season just back to back while I was in bed yesterday uh, recovering from my stomach ulcer and it is one of the funniest sharpest most brilliantly written things and it is dark as hell but it's fabulous. It's on Netflix, and I can't recommend it highly enough. It's genius, and it's won all the awards. It's won all the BAFTAs, and so it should have done. And I'm sure there's plenty of people listening thinking, yeah, welcome to 2014, Laura. But if you've not seen it, you must go and watch it, because I can't wait to watch the rest of them. <laughs> I will uh, have to check that out. Yeah. What was the question you were going to ask me? Um, let's see. What else? Um, oh, so... What is League of Gentlemen about? So, I'm not 100% sure myself. It's a situation comedy that is written by those two guys. And it's about... It's a fictional village called Royston Vasey. I know that much. Um, let me just have a look. See if I can find a concise rundown of it. I know that they dress as women a lot. And I don't always find that particularly funny. <laughs> Which is probably one of the things that put me off of it. Uh, League of Gentlemen is a British comedy television series that premiered on BBC Two in 1999. The show is set in Royston Vasey, a fictional town in northern England. 
It follows the lives of dozens of bizarre townspeople, most of whom are played by three of the show's four writers, um, who, along with the... So it's got the four guys, who include Steve Pemberton and Reese Shearsmith, who, along with Jeremy Dyson, formed the League of Gentlemen comedy troupe in 1995. Um, yeah, so it's just about a village of weird people, but I know it's really dark and a bit strange. But now I'm starting to think maybe I should revisit the League of Gentlemen because maybe I would find it really funny now. Hmm. I will have to check hmm. that out. Yeah, yeah. And now he's got a massive cult following. Um, my friend Pete, who is the LARPer, who is about 10 years older than me, he loved it. So I suspect I was just too young at the time to appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Yeah, I haven't, uh, I, I honestly really haven't watched much TV. I just, I had a fucking intense weekend, so. <laughs> yeah, it looked intense on Facebook. I enjoyed your uh, pictures with your Japanese wrestler. Uh, well, so, <laughs> originally my plan was, was that I was going to drive down there Saturday. I was going to go to the, sh or Sunday, excuse me. I was going to drive down there Sunday. I was going to go to the show Sunday night. I went to, a, uh, like a local independent wrestling show, um, well, it wasn't so local because, like, fucking four and a half hours away. Um, but my plan was to go to the show Sunday, spend the night, drive back Monday morning. That was, like, my plan. And I was like, yeah. okay, this is going to be great. The, like, Wednesday, I think it was Wednesday before the show, the guy that I was going to go with um, sent me a text message. And he was like, hey, man, I'm sorry, I, I won't be able to make it. But, you know, just take my ticket and whoever you want to give it to, you know, just go have fun. I was like, okay, that's cool. So I ended up asking my wife. I said, hey, you know, Nicole, do you want to go with me? And she's like, wrestling? Pfft, okay. <laughs> I love you, and I will, you know, entertain your fucking uh, stupid interests. And um, But we decided that we were going to drive down there Saturday, stay the night Saturday night, go to the show Sunday, and drive back Sunday night. Which all was all good and well. Like, I mean, we both were like, this Sunday Sunday's going to be a long day, but, you know, whatever. Well, the show was supposed to be three hours. It ended up going four and a half hours. And we were just so goddamn tired. And then we were just like, well, we're just going to drive and see how far we get. And I managed to just kind of persevere on and get us back. But, my God, yesterday was so long. <laughs> it was a slog it was a, a, a big drive at least we never have anywhere in our country where there's nowhere you can really drive that will do that to you like even if you drove from one end to the other it wouldn't take you that long yeah, yeah. uh all right well anyways so that's it for today for this episode we've gone on long enough um, and for season and for series five of feature i can't believe we're already get going towards series six I know, only four more series left to do. Yeah, it's crazy. Six, seven, eight, and nine. And then mm. no more El Dude Brothers podcast. No, we'll have to find something else to talk about. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Well, you have a great day, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Also, if you want to take a moment to check out our awesome Patreon page, we would appreciate that. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yep. All right, have a great day. Goodbye. Bye. I am in loco parentis. I am the last remaining contestant on The Apprentice. I am the home trained dentist. I, yeah, 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 yeah,